You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hi, welcome to Comeback City, where we explore Detroit's past, present, and future. Today, we are talking about Eastern Market. This episode is brought to you by Spectacular Strolls. Spectacular Strolls offers 15 historic walks in Detroit. Each walk is a self-guided 20-minute tour. Visit SpectacularStrolls.com to order your next Detroit history adventure. I'm Linda Shepard, and with me today is my co-host, Matt Schenken. Hi, Matt. Hi, Linda. How are you today? I'm doing great. Matt, my fellow curious cousin, we have been exploring we have. We are. Um, we have spent the day crisscrossing the east side of Detroit with the center focus of Eastern Market. I know. And Eastern Market is a beautiful, beautiful place. So, Matt, when do you think Eastern Market opened? Well, uh, you know, when you asked me this question yesterday, I, uh, I, I took a stab in the dark and said 1920s. Which is way off. Right. And then I went – on the other side, and I said 1880s. That's and it, closer. And it was about right in the middle in between those two two dates, right? 1891. There you go. That's pretty amazing that it's been there that long. And it's actually the largest flower bedding market in the world, believe what, it or not. What does that mean? Well, you, do you know what flower bedding is? No. <laughs> flower bedding is those flats of little tiny flowers that you plant in your garden in the spring. Ah, and the, and you see them growing in the early spring in like hoop houses. They start them right. about this time. It's right. March. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and really you plant them after Memorial Day, after the uh, last frost of the year. And, you know, they're kind of a newish thing, I would say, flower bedding Flats. When I was a kid, I don't remember them at all. You just planted seeds, so, basically. So tell me this. So Eastern Market sits, um, you know. So when you think about Detroit, Detroit is um, it's designed like um, like Paris. It's uh, it it radiates from downtown, which is on the river, right? Okay, and from there, it's like. Uh, the the downtown where the Renaissance Center is is like the hub of the wheel, and then you have Gratiot, you have Woodward, and Mission spokes right. going out. Yeah, it is a difficult town to navigate because nothing's north, south, east, and west. Right, right. Okay. You've got all these diagonal streets. But Eastern Market is um, near, pretty near the water. Kind of. And the water is what really made Detroit kind of the economic. Um, center that it was way back when it was hunters and trappers, right? Right, they, for then, sure. Right, started then, with beavers. Oh, well, even but even before that, it was the it was the Native Americans who used it as a hunter gatherers, sure. right? For sure. So to me, Eastern Market was when I have gone down there. It was more of like a not that they ever grew anything at Eastern Market, not that they, but it's where produce and. Oh, um, meats and just all different types of farmers, commodities right. would come and bring their stuff. Absolutely. And then from there, it would go out to 
small mom and pop park uh, markets and to um, restaurants. You know, right now, when we're talking about flower bedding, did they actually grow them there? Yeah. Okay. This they is come it, from farmers. Okay, so they're the not, farmers grow them. Okay. You know what? The whole flower bedding thing. I think is a major phenomenon because, like I said, there was no such thing as flats of flowers when I was a kid. Hmm. I would say this is just something that started within the past 30 years or so. Probably. And, you know, now you can plant a an entire, you know, area of your yard and flowers immediately. Immediately you have flowers. You don't have to plant the seeds. You don't have to water them. You don't have to thin them. You don't have to do anything. You just plant these flowers. And Flower Day at Eastern Market is unbelievable. It is a huge party because everyone goes down there to get these flats of flowers. Now, what's kind of interesting about Linda and I is that, um, you know, I have – engaged and intersected Detroit differently than my dear cousin Linda. Maybe we should talk about ourselves a little bit. Oh, sure. Um, you know, our when, backgrounds a little bit. I think that's a great idea. You know, Linda when when we first thought about this podcast and we were, you know, and we kind of took a cruise uh down to Detroit, you know, my interest and where my curiosity lay has always been just outside the band of redevelopment in Detroit. So when we think about the five renaissances of Detroit, it yeah. started in 76 with the Ren Center. Right. And then with every success, successive mayor, there has been some, whether the administration's good, bad, right or wrong, up and down, doesn't matter. There's been some renaissance. Okay. Yeah. There's been some kind of, you know, reviving of the city. Um, and in each case, uh, you know, a lot of those renaissances kind of broke my heart in a way because there was so much hope. There was so much. Right. Um, and I will say this as an aside. I think this renaissance, I think this time in Detroit, in its history, I think this is different. It I is, think this is going to happen. This I is think Comeback City is a reality. Palpable. Now, how this fits with Linda and I is this. Linda takes me downtown where the hub, where it's exciting. You have uh, the new um, – I like fancy stuff. You like fancy stuff. You like the rebuilt stuff. And I always like that band just outside the fancy stuff. I like – right. so my coming down to Detroit wasn't about Eastern Market or Cena uh, going to Cobo Hall or Fisher Theater. Or the new Shinola Hotel. Or the new Shinola Hotel. For me, coming to Detroit was getting on my bike – or going through an old building that was just outside the development, you know. The, and and if you could imagine, you know, Detroit built up in layers, right? And it and it kind of decayed in layers. And where sure. Linda and where Linda is just like, wow, look at this. And I appreciate her perspective because it's because it's like, wow, oh yeah, look at all this nice stuff. This is what most people like. Right. <laughs> yeah. To me, I always look for kind of these places where you could imagine something growing up. From the ashes. That's, that's a, that. Yeah, you know. that's why we have two distinct viewpoints that's right. of Comeback City, and I think that both are very interesting. And it, it and I must say, I I feel a little, you know. So here, Eastern Market's a perfect example of a, of a business of an establishment of a culture that has been around Detroit. It has weathered one hundred and twenty five years. It has weathered. Every economic it is downturn. Unbelievable. It has weathered every economic downturn and upturn, and it remains. 
And I have never been there before other than a couple of weeks ago when I went to like just kind of scout it out. I mean, it, it, you know, it's appalling to me that something that is, that is such a, you know, just such a gem and, uh, and that it has survived because of what it is. It is a place where people have come together. It is a place where both individuals who want to buy produce uh, on farmer market day, but it's also the, the the small mom and pop businesses out there that need their produce. This was a place where all that stuff came together. I know it. And I really did not discover it until maybe, say, 10 years ago. And, you know, 125 years it's been there. So I kind of discovered it because of Flower Day. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and came down. And then I realized there's a lot more to it than just Flower Day. That's for sure. It is a real farmer's market. It is. And and it also, and why I brought up like its proximity to downtown and the river is that it was a central place of commerce that just, it you know, um, it's a distribution center. It totally is. That is like old school. You know, that's the thing about Detroit that's so cool is that you you still have these old ways of doing things that kind of work in the 21st century. Um, and I think, you know, the, 20, the, 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 the ideal kind of city for the 21st century, can I pick on a city that I think has failed? Go right ahead. So I, I've traveled this country extensively. I took a year's sabbatical from work. I traveled uh, across the United States, traveled 43,000 miles. Uh, most of that was back roads. Um, sometimes I drove 20 miles a day. Sometimes I drove 200. But um, of those 43,000 miles, a couple thousand was highway. Everything was back roads. Okay. So I, I, I happened into Phoenix and I spent about a week there. And Phoenix is a 21st century city that was designed in the late 20th century that meets no um, metric or no kind of thing that anyone wants in the 21st century. Yeah, it's eight lanes, 12 lanes of highway, sprawling. There's no center city. I'm picking on Phoenix. Really? There's no center city? Nah, there's no metropolitan. And so I go and I think, you know, this is what everyone really thought that the 21st century, this was like the epitome of what 20, no, it's not. Built around a highway? Built around a highway, you know. Detroit really has these elements, right, that that I think are people can go in and live a life that they want to live and pick and choose if you want to go, uh, you know, if you want to have mass transit. There's actually some mass transit. There is totally mass transit. When, we've got buses. We've got the queue line. We've got the people mover. There is totally man transit. And a lot of transit. expressways. You know, the original expressway, the first expressway built in this country is the Davidson Highway. And right. that is here in Detroit. Now, when I went out. It is Motor City. When I went out and did my kind of man on the street, uh, you know, investigating. Right. Um, I was walking through Eastern Market and it was a Monday or a Tuesday on, you know, on a February day. And, and there was a, a, a nice looking young gentleman who was walking a dog. And I stopped him and I you know, said, hey, do you know where the offices are here for Eastern Market? He said, oh, yeah. You know, and so we walked a block and, and I said, by the way, what's your story? You know, where, where are you from? <laughs> Ironically, he is uh, – he had just finished his residency and he's working at the University of Michigan Medical Center. Now, I retired from the University of Michigan <laughs> Medical Center. He, and I said, well, how, you know, how did you end up there? He said, my wife and I are from the East Coast 
Uh, she got an appointment uh, as a junior faculty at the University of Michigan. He said, I checked it oh, out. So they both work there. And these are East Coasters who they do not want to live in Ann Arbor. He is commuting from the, from the Eastern Market neighborhood to Ann Arbor and back. I've lived in Ann Arbor for 30 years. That is a riot. That is unheard of. And it just, I'm, I'm getting like goosebumps just like even that thinking about it. That is a riot. That's great. That is Detroit. It that. is Detroit. It is wonderful. And I am so happy about it. I can't believe it. So, so, back, e- so yeah, Eastern Market. Yeah, so, so back to Eastern Market. You know, it's a collection of antique shops, import stores, art galleries in Victorian brick buildings. Also, long produce sheds packed with the freshest fruits, vegetables, and flowers available. So the way it works is local farmers sell their produce wholesale during the week and retail on Saturday. And on Sundays, they've got kind of an artist market going on there in the summertime. Okay. And also in the summertime, June through September, okay. Tuesday, it is a traditional farmer's market. So they told us today when we were at the office that a tip is to avoid the enormous crowds on Saturday to come on Tuesday. There you go. Now, you know, in my kind of suburban, you know, privileged life, you know, farmer's markets are these, again, these kind of, you know, local, you know, farm to table, right? And they've they've been springing up quite a bit around the country. It's a huge big deal now. But the difference between Eastern Market and uh, these kind of more like Ann Arbor, Troy, you know, they, you know, these all around all these suburbs is that Eastern Market, its base, its its kind of anchor is that it is actually a commercial enterprise. It so, totally is. So where, where you have these, you know, hundred year old kind of brick sheds where you can go and you know the public can go in John Q. Public, there is also. A, a thriving heartbeat of trucks coming in, produce, uh, meat. Uh, there's a halal. There's a, a place. Um, and so if you go just outside where us, you know, regular folks go and buy our carrots right. and things, there, there's a whole um, industry of small providers, you know, these small businesses. And that, did we have some good corned beef there, Pat? Oh, we had some good <laughs> corned beef. and For sure. And um, – Lily's yeah. corned beef, and and so there's there's like real working uh, establishments there that the public wouldn't necessarily know, but that's part of the culture and the community of Eastern Market, and that's the part that's been very valuable to the area for many many years. Many years, yeah. You know, I'm just looking. There are a dozen Detroit community markets scattered throughout the city. Believe it or not, Eastern Market is the largest. And sure. the most well-known. But, you know, Corktown has a farmer's market. Huh. Um, Brightmoor has a farmer's market. There is a farmer's market or a farm stand in pretty much every area of the city. Now, I took Linda on a little bit of a journey today. Um, yeah. Linda and I, uh, back about 15, 17 years ago, uh, Jeez, uh, we we went on a little tour of the Heidelberg project, um, and uh, that's when Linda which isn't I, that far from the Eastern Market, no, actually. But what it found, what I found out about my cousin Linda, 
who um, is kind of the matriarch of the family of my large uh, German Polish side of our family, was that she and I, and I'm, she's the oldest of the of the cousins of the thirty three of us. She's the oldest. I'm the second youngest. But what we have a a, a shared passion for is exploring and being curious. And it's about 17 totally. years ago, yeah, we went and saw the Heidelberg Project. So, and from there, we we're here today and, and uh, we went on a little cross, cross transecting some of the cities, some of the city after seeing Eastern Market. And uh, we got into the original Polish community. Pole Town. Pole Town. And, uh, you know, I, we just kind of drive back. And we're and Polish. And we're Polish. And what did we see? The Shane Farmers. The Shane Ferry Farmers Market, which has been abandoned I, since the 1920s, which is. No, it's, a, it's been around since the 1920s, but it was abandoned in 1990. In, yes, right. Abandoned in 1990. And, and if, if we could just close our eyes for a minute. It's and, a beautiful and, structure. And. If I could take you, the listener, if we could put you in the backseat of the car. Now, I'll even let you ride shotgun. We'll put Linda in the backseat of the car. <laughs> and I'm driving. And it's a sunny day. It can be in the spring, summer, fall, or winter. The first day of spring. First day of spring. And we're just kind of talking. And, and if you could imagine a landscape with a, a, a church steeple has kind of drawn us to this area because – on, on the flat plains of Detroit, you can it's see this. It's a flat area of the city. It is. And so I kind of drove to this church and we drove around this church. And from there, we saw blocks of just, um, of, of just open field where houses used to stand. So many open fields. And then you'd see a little factory that's been abandoned. And then you'd see a little block of homes that were well, okay. They were they, okay. They, they, they weren't okay. too bad. No. And um, and you're driving and you don't feel unsafe. It's clean. not really there's, no, no. There's no garbage. You know, there's you know, there's no. people. It was very out. clean. Yeah, but here you come up to this little structure. And you think, what is that strange little structure? It looks kind of like a miniaturized what we saw at Eastern Market. And sure, and we drove in, and the roof's collapsing a little bit, but. But the structure is solid, and there's some writing on the side of the building. And it was the Shane Ferry uh, uh, Farmer's Market. Uh, yeah, it was. And it, it was kind it's of— It's got potential, I got to tell you. You know, uh, Detroit is filled with these little architectural— Pockets. Oh, um, absolutely. —of just no one's done anything with it. They're I know. Just, there's buildings there that have just—it's a time capsule. It is totally a time capsule. And it—, it it, it, while somebody might think, oh, you know, how depressing. No, what it is is there's hope that, that you could bring this back, that you can go down to Eastern Market and you see it thriving. You see people wanting to live down there. And then you go out to the band. Go, go, come. I know. And, and you go out to that little layer just outside of where it's been. Right. Matt and I, you know, we did Eastern Market. So we kind of did a little tour of the east side of Detroit. And the further north you get, within the city limits, the sadder it gets. So Linda has a claim to fame of Detroit. She was a Detroit resident. She purchased the home of our uh, of our paternal grandfather uh, of our grandparents, grandparents yeah, uh, Bill and Agnes Schenken in the seventies. 
So Bill and Agnes lived on seven mile on Gratiot and Six Mile. The 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 hub, the anchor was Assumption Grotto Catholic Church. Which both our fathers attended that's to their school and church. And that's the neighborhood that both my mother's side uh, and your mother's side, yeah. who were both Lutheran, right? We have east side roots. East side roots. So Linda and her newly betrothed at the time, Randy, had bought my grandparents' home in Detroit in 1970. I'm saying 70. Eight, maybe? No, because Brooke was, Brooke was born in 73, and he was just a little baby then. Well, 76. He was probably three years old. Okay. So at that time, east side Detroit. It was fine. It was fine. I remember going there, uh, visiting my grandmother and staying a week down there. And, and, uh, and, and I will tell you, that neighborhood, that area, I have, tra- I have driven – through Detroit in the past two months, just checking things out. That was probably the saddest. That's the worst. <laughs> it is. It's uh, garbage running down the streets. Oh, I my mean, gosh. But just because there's abandoned homes or just because there's people of color does not make a neighborhood bad. That's not what makes a neighborhood no. bad. That, that, absolutely not. What makes a neighborhood feel sad to me is one in which Garbage is rolling around. Yeah, it's one in which the homes, while they may We've be empty, we've seen are not. a lot of abandoned neighborhoods, mm-hmm. empty fields, but that one, that neighborhood, won for most garbage. And and it, you know, and the house that you had purchased that our grandparents had lived in for many years, it it's gone now. It it got destroyed during a time in Detroit's history in which arson. Um, Devil's Night was becoming prolific in the late seventies through the eighties, and that that neighborhood in the band. So if you think about a uh, if you think about a wheel, if if Detroit's kind of designed, as a, you know, spoke of a you know hub of a wheel and out. There's these bands, right? Kind of uh, like a and that band up that way is still. The, <clears throat> that's got a lot of. Um, let me say this. I'm. I always look at things on a positive side. That's got a lot of hope and potential. But right now, it's really sad. Like I, I for all the miles that I have traversed, driving that was the back, worst. It, it was the saddest to <laughs> it's me. It's the saddest. It's too bad. It's. <clears throat> I know. And you know what? And it's comeback city. Who knows what the future will hold for it? We can only. Hope that it comes back like so much of the other city has, um, especially Eastern Market. Uh, you know, I mean, there have been a lot of changes at Eastern Market. First of all, what did you think of the murals? Oh, uh, you know, when, you, when you're walking around in, in Eastern Market and it's um, kind of geography and it, how it's laid out. It's actually Eastern Market where the public goes to buy their produce is one section. But there's a whole section of these. It's a big area. It's a big area and they've come. It's 11 acres. Is that where the public goes or is that where everything surrounding all those buildings? The, yeah, the surrounding areas. So these low-slung kind of buildings where produce is coming in, uh, where the where meats are coming in and out. I mean, there's they've gone and they've put these beautiful murals, all different types of murals. Oh, all different they are amazing. Come down just for the murals. You know what? It's a really good idea. It's this program called Murals in the Market that has been happening for the past three years. 
And over that three-year period, that program has brought over 120 murals to Detroit's historic Eastern Market. And each one, like you said, is different. They all seem to be very bright and colorful, a lot of colors used, a lot of different styles, some traditional styles, some psychedelic styles, uh, but I would say all very imaginative. So, you know, to me, what makes something real or what makes something palpable is if if I go and explore and I see something that makes me stop and take a picture or makes me stop and, and think about something without knowing off, you know, is that's cool. So when I went down to do my, you know, field research, right? Yeah. And I'm exploring and... And the first thing when I went off the central campus of Eastern Market and went back to that DeQuinter Cut area, I stopped and, and I didn't even know about the murals. I didn't know that this was a project. And I stopped and I was like, God, that is like, that's, that's amazing. There was one that had a, uh, a religious, uh, you know, had some religious uh, kind of saying on it. And then the next one had some Motown Song, and then the next one had oh, something different. A wide variety yeah. of subjects. Super I like cool. the one that we looked at today. It was, it looked like the MGM lion. Uh huh. And then next to it was Jerry of Tom and Jerry fame. Like, I guess the lion and the mouse were <laughs> the cat and the mouse. <laughs> the cat and the mouse. But it wasn't Jerry. For sure. Right. But it wasn't, uh, wasn't the cat of Tom. What, who was the mouse in Tom and Jerry? Well, I think Tom. Was the cat okay? So if, if yes, so it, it it was a mashup of styles. Uh, yeah, a definite mashup, and that's you know what you've said it before, Matt. Detroit is such a mashup of styles everywhere you go. I mean, look at Eastern Market. You've got Victorian buildings. You've got some Art Deco. I mean, you cannot go anywhere in Detroit without finding some Art Deco. It, 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 and, and I think that's what the attraction is for young people who want to live in Detroit. You can live it's how beautiful. you, well, and you can live how you want to live. Right. You can pick the neighborhood. You can pick the style. It's not, you're not going to go and, you know, you can make your own style and go live in Detroit. For I mean, sure you can. You know, I've been talking about buying a place in one of the bands, you know, outer <laughs> bands. And what I said was, and when we were driving through uh, old, old Pole Town, and we didn't even know it was old Pole Town, by the way, until I we know. like looked. Until we like, found the Polish Cultural Center. And there was, a, you know, an Art Deco building on a corner and a, on a four corners that. With a curved front, uh, like, which was beautiful. Yeah, light brick and. And, it, you know, it had potential. It wasn't all businessy yet. It wasn't. But I said, that's where I want to live. I want to yeah. have something where I live up on the second floor and I want to be part of a downtown-y kind of like a little neighborhood within the neighborhood, you know. Yeah, live so. above your business. Yeah. It's a great idea. But, but that's – It's an idea that's coming back. And and it's it's how I want to live. It's not that, you know, I'm going to go to – New York and conform to New York City and go to go to conform to Greenwich Village or, you know, the Upper East. You know, you kind of have to conform to those norms. I can go somewhere and be myself. I can let my freak. And you can make it. Yeah. I, and I can let my freak flag fly. For sure you can. <laughs> For sure you can. And, um, and what a great area. I mean, it's within walking distance of Eastern Market and the Dequinder Cut, which let's talk about what that is. It's a former... Railroad line. It's one of the rails to trails that we have 
all over the state. Former railroad lines turned into walking, biking paths, uh, non-motorized transportation. And this is kind of an amazing thing because it's below level. And it travels from Eastern Market all the way to the riverfront. So I love hanging out with my cousin Linda because like um, where she goes and she's very studious and she reads a lot. I kind of <laughs> just go and like I hang out and I talk to people and I find stuff. And um, by the way, thank you for that because I wasn't sure. I mean, when I went down there the first time, I was like, wow, what, what is this? And, and they took public money and private right. money. Yeah. And they – so if you imagine – uh, Eastern Market sits, you know, on this 11 acres and around it, it really is. I mean, there is new stuff going up. The old stuff's going down. It's really cool. There's still some old factories to the east of Eastern Market. And these old factories are still kind of standing, but they're safe. I mean, something's going to happen, but it's still in that weird flux. But here's this, this, um, this thing that looks like it's, it's a path. It's not a path. It's like a. It's got concrete and it's walkable. And it's, it's actually beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's down in kind of a little ravine. Yeah. And it's and they have they've taken old shipping containers, right? Yeah. And they've put them in, and this is where during the summer they'll have concerts. They'll have that's um, amazing. They'll have uh, that's they've got, new. They've got vendors down there uh, who are selling, you know, uh, food and things like that. It's um. It's really like cool. It's 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 kind of a slice of what Detroit is. I don't know. It's yeah. It's uh, it only opened about six years ago, and before that, it was basically just an abandoned railroad line that was very popular with homeless people, gangs. It was a pretty scary place to it? be. Um, there is a lot of graffiti on the overpass uh, pilings that line the dequindercut, that line the pathway. And uh, the uh, developers smartly decided to keep the graffiti. And it adds a lot of history and just kind of interest to that whole greenway path. And 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 it and again, it you know, it borders these um, kind of low-slung buildings where you'll find, um, you know, the, the – the uh, sods meat mar- you know meat distribution right? lots of meat and and you'll find uh, the Italian produce brothers who are down um, so you see this kind of graffiti right yeah. that's like home home homegrown it's but not that, murals it's but, graffiti but it sits right next to the murals I know it and they don't touch and no one t- and the murals stand graffitiless and the graffiti stuff stands there that is a beautiful like like that's communication and between between major some, mashup and major very good <laughs> and it's respecting both yes absolutely and respecting the history yep. and the spirit of art and Self- modern and self-expression and yes I, yep wow yes very huh. much so so yeah you know and every year more murals are commissioned so it, they are always changing. And they told us today that a lot of times the same artists who basically donate their time and creativity yep. and paint to these projects, if a mural needs to be replaced, they will call in the same artist wow. to cover up their former work with something new. So 
Those murals are amazing. They totally are. I think the graffiti is kind of cool too because it tells a story of people that don't always have a voice, that don't get to be, you know, that are often marginalized. And, you know, and, and, um, so, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have a political or a, you know, a stand on graffiti other than, uh, it's, I, I, it's, it's some you know, way. It's a funny kind of line between graffiti and murals. Mm-hmm. They're both. Drawing on buildings, <laughs> painting on buildings. One is sanctioned and one isn't. Yes. But we also have the mural that's on that's at Campus Martius on the former CompuWare building that was done by Harper Ferry, a nationally recognized graffiti artist. There you go. So that's a bit of a blurring of the line. So, so Matt... Uh, you know, we've talked about the meat, we've talked about the flowers, we've talked about the produce, we've talked about the murals, mm-hmm. but we did go to one of my favorite spots. God, we've had, <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we're, we're crisscrossing, having a lovely afternoon in Detroit, <laughs> eating candy. And, and Linda, what's your favorite candy? Blackjack. Blackjack. And what's blackjack? It's black licorice, kind oh. of. <laughs> It's now, a cross between saltwater taffy and black licorice. I, I hold my cousin on a pedestal of, you know, she has raised a lovely family. She is not only a, an amazing wife and, and, and a daughter to her mother. You didn't know about the candy addiction. I didn't know about the candy addiction <laughs> until I heard and – I'm see, and I'm sitting here and she's trying to like get me to have more candy. I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. And, and she's eating the candy and I just thought, wow, I, she's not perfect. She's what? not oh. – she's still eating candy. Yeah, Rockies is a great place. I oh, mean well, they have – Nuts, they have pasta, they have a huge spice area, and then you get to the candy. What's it called? Rockies? Yeah, Rockies. And it's been part of Eastern Market for, for a very, very long time. Interesting. I actually like that. I, I liked Rockies. Rockies I, was great. Yeah, Rockies was cool. We were like the only two, there's a couple people in there, right? Tuesday. On and you a, did get yelled at, didn't you? Twice. But. <laughs> You know, if I don't get yelled at, I'm We're not pulling really... candy out of the bins without the scooper. Can right? you imagine that I have, I have, I have had, I have worked in public health in the medical field for an And This is where you get buzzed. I got chest. You know why I don't do anything wrong? Because I always get caught. Yeah, there we go. There you go. So my husband's favorite spot at Eastern Market is called the Gratiot Market. Hmm. And I don't think we went in there today, and I don't know if you've been in there, Matt, but it is an enormously large kind of meat mall. Meat mall? It's kind of a meat mall. When you walk in, you walk through this hallway, and on either side of the hallway are big glass uh, cases and the first one that you see on the right is all shish kebabs. And you can get your shish kebabs with lamb or chicken or beef mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's a meat market, you know, so you still have to cook them. You don't buy anything that's already cooked. It's all raw meat. And then you go a little further and it's all poultry. Mm. And you go a little further than that and it's lamb. So you've got your choice of everything. There's a counter that just sells sausages. And over around the corner is a counter that just sells seafoods. It's an amazing place. And it's been uh, referred to as the mothership of Eastern Market. And my husband loves it because he's a 
He's a carnivore. He's a carnivore. He's a total carnivore. So we unapologetic, will, unapologetically so for sure. So we go to the mothership a couple times a year and load up on shish kebabs and steaks and chicken and. You know it's fresh. It's right there. It's kind of like uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, if you were imagining. You just painted a really interesting picture. It's like the, the meat market of that. <laughs> we, we went from Candyland to like meat market. And I, Candied I, meat. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a savory guy. I like, I like meat. You know, I like, uh, you know, I like my chips. I like my salt. So Right. For uh, I'll sure. Ha- I'll have to go down there and check that out. And Thanks. they've got a Germac pistachio store oh, there too. That's really Germac. famous. Oh, you know what we drove by today too? And we forgot in our first podcast of Sander, Saunders and uh, Verner's Better Made. Right. We passed the potato better made. chips. I passed the better made potato chip factory. And you know what? Better made are the best potato chips. And it's not that far from Eastern Market. No, it's not. It's no, it's a, in that whole food city area. I, it is a food city area. And it has been a food city area. For 125 years. Can you believe that? I can. I can now. Yeah, I know. And you know what? It, did you know that it was not originally in that location? Which what wasn't in that location? Eastern Market. Eastern Market. No, it was actually downtown. It feels like that's downtown anyway. It feels- no, it was right downtown, like where Campus Marshes is, where the ice skating rink is. Well, and that makes sense because that's. <coughs> Excuse me. Because that's where the boats came in. That's why I was talking about at the beginning of the show. The boats came in through the Detroit River, right? And then they drop off the produce and stuff, and then because uh, there wasn't expressways 125 years ago. But anyway, so it moved up to... Yeah, where it is now used to be a cemetery. It was a city cemetery. But... uh, Out with the dead and with the living. There you go. (laughs) There you go. So, um, yeah, you know, when it first opened in Cadillac Square, which is, you know, right next to Campus Martius, Mm -hmm. it was first devoted to hay and wood. Yeah. And then... Got to feed the animals and keep keep your kids warm. And in 1891, the sales sheds were built to accommodate the market, and then it was moved to its current location and renamed. And more sheds were constructed in 1922 and 1929, which is not surprising to me because it kind of has a little bit of a 1920s vibe to it. It does. Those sheds, it I does. think. Yeah. Um, you know, an interesting thing about Detroit being, you know, again, it, it's been around for 400 years. Yeah. Okay. In one one form or another, growing – then it burns down. Then it grows and burns down. Um, you know, the the thing that we kind of noticed or what I had made mention of is that the church, whether it was Catholic or Lutheran, those churches were kind of the anchor for a neighborhood. And so if you come to Detroit and you just drive around, right, you will see so many churches that still stand. They were probably originally either – uh, Orthodox or they were Lutheran or they were Catholic and now they might be Baptist or something like that. But every church represents a little enclave, a little nucleus of what a neighborhood was. Okay. And um, those churches is where everyone kind of organized themselves around. It wasn't the factory, right? It wasn't the business. It was the no. church. Right. And so um, it was a huge part of people's lives. And so that's what kind of drew us to Assumption Grotto, which is where uh, my grandparents' uh, uh, parish was. And uh, there's a book on Assumption Grotto, and it tells the history of Detroit 
and it tells a history of how population gathered around based off starting with, you know, down at that center, Campus Martius, right? That whole area. Right. Um, and and uh, so a church will tell you a lot about a history of an area too. And many churches will tell you lots of different stories about one area. For sure. Absolutely. We'll talk about that another time though. Yeah. Because I don't know why I went off on my church tangent. Well, yeah. you know, those churches, first of all, are in the often in the center of very – depressed areas and they are still beautiful and they're still kept up you know yes. that's that's actually an interesting um yeah that wow well, yeah good point they didn't get demolished no yeah. no <laughs> but back to easter market let's talk about flower day just a little bit more because it is a big huge popular and it's party coming up. And it's coming it's coming up it's the uh sunday after mother's day every year when's mother's day uh may it's in May. It is May. So if you look on your calendar and you see Mother's Day, the Sunday after Mother's Day go. is going to be Flower Day at Easter Market. And it's kind of unusual because the market is normally closed on Sundays. But on Flower Day, Sunday uh, is the day. And when you go, you will hear street music. You will smell barbecue. You will <clears throat> have a really hard time. You know, finding a parking place and going from vendor to vendor because the crowd. But, but if are you know, but if you know that you're going to have a party, if you're going to, if you know you're going to have a hard time parking, look on a map. God, you know, one of the few times I say, get on Google Maps, look for parking ahead of time. Know that you're going to walk a couple blocks and just be ready for it. Bring a cart, right? Bring bring the kids, um, uh, Red Rider, right? Get it out of your garage. Bring right. the Red Rider with you, right? And you know, Matt, I've said before that uh, the market is 11 acres. Well, that's just the market. The surrounding area is actually 43 acres. Ah, it seems like it would be a bigger, right? Yeah, okay. it's quite a bigger area. Yeah. And uh, that market has 80 structures. So uh, the majority of which are storefront brick buildings, two to three stories tall with flat roofs and late Victorian detailing. So, so um, look. So when you're out looking at the, looking down at the flowers, look up at the sky. Absolutely, and look at the architecture, and take a walk. Take a walk to areas that you haven't been yeah. to. I mean, the sheds are the big draw. And and let me tell everyone. Let me pause here for a moment. Let's take a breath, okay? Because Linda and I get going. We're like, Whoosh. yeah. Here's here's okay. Here's my breath. Here's this, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the big thing about Detroit. You can get out and walk. You do not look. You know, Detroit is a safe place. You you know, uh, you know where the most dangerous place on earth is? Your bathroom. Don't <laughs> don't hop into the shower. It's the most dangerous place to be. That's what everyone should fear. What I'm saying is, you know, get out in Eastern Market, walk around. You can walk. Don't go out to some of the bands that I like hanging out in. But when you're at Eastern Market, when you're down at Little Caesar Center, when you're around at the places that we talk about the most. Walk, get out. You're going to be fine. And, you know, I think it might be a fun thing to do to just try and count up and see if you can, you know, look at each one of the 125 murals around that city. I mean, that's just kind of a fun little walking tour. A, absolutely. You know, that's a good way to get some exercise. Spectacular strolls. There's a spectacular stroll there. That's for sure. It's a, it's beautiful. And, you know, another thing I love about Eastern Market is you can see the Detroit skyline. 
It's right there. You can, you know, it's right in your viewpoint. It's a wonderful spot. And and anything that's worthwhile, right, shouldn't be easy. So if it's a little bit hard parking, you know what? It's okay. You'll find parking. You know, make it a day. Make it an adventure. It's a party. It, it is an adventure. It's a party. And today is the first day of spring. I am excited about flowers, about fresh vegetables, fresh fruit. I'm I'm excited about hanging dangling meat in the in the grass in the in the in, in the, the mothership. In the mothership of meats. There we go. Right. Um uh now me I don't like lines, so I'm going to think about a Tuesday. I think a Tuesday is a great idea. But if you want a party and you want that at the week after Mother's Day in the flower, where are you going to go? Eastern Market on Sunday. Absolutely. And we well, I think I think we've covered Eastern Market pretty well here, I, we Matt. Have, my dear, we have covered as many as as many subjects on today's podcast as we have driven miles today. I think we have. So, um, listeners, you know, thank you for your patience. I hope that you, uh, you know, if anything, what I'd like people to be inspired by, right? Just explore. go to Eastern Market. Go, go to Eastern Market. Go to the Fisher Building. Just you know what? Go. Go to Detroit, park your car, and walk around for no other reason than it's a nice day for a walk. How's that? That's a great